You got your Bibles? Let's get out your Bibles. The B-I-B-L-E. It is the book for me. Yes. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What it says I can do. What it says I can do. And I am. And I am. What it says I what am. What it says I am. Amen. You guys believe that this morning? We love God's Word. Father, we just, we just thank you for your Word that... Uh, it has reached us. It has gotten into our heart. We love it. We want more of it. Father, we just ask that you would teach us and show us and reveal your truth. We have personal revelation of the deeper things of you into our life that molds us, shapes us, and changes us. So we just thank you for the teacher, the guide on the inside, who goes to work, not just on Sundays, but all week long as we dive into your word. So we just thank you for a corporate anointing here, that your word sets people free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're doing part two. If you were here last week, we started a series called The Seven Exchanges from the Cross, or you can also call it The Great Exchanges from the Cross. And uh, we'll review just quickly the four that we went through. And that's what Palm Sunday, you know, Jesus... In Zechariah 9, it says that he would come, the Messiah would come on a lowly donkey into Jerusalem. And that's exactly what happened on Palm Sunday, fulfilling that prophecy. And Jesus was entering in Jerusalem, and he knew what his purpose was. His purpose was to become our sin. His purpose was to take on all the things that harm us and plague us to exchange for his goodness. And so Holy Week, when we're entering in this Holy Week, we're thinking of the payment Jesus made. He made a big, big exchange. And to make light of it is an insult of the cross and his blood and his resurrection. So this is huge, important stuff mm -hmm. that it we're is. talking about. You know, when we think of the word exchange, we think of things like we go to work in exchange for a paycheck, right? Whether you own your own business or you go work for somebody else, you are doing an exchange of working for something so that you in turn can get paid for it. And we here want to talk about someone who did the greatest exchange, and that is giving of their, their life so that we in turn could have the things that we are have listed, we've already talked about, and the things today that we'll be talking about. And, you know, we said seven, but really we could have 77. Yeah, come on. I mean, that is the reality of what Jesus did on the cross is huge. And the exchange is greater than we could even put in a message. It is that amazing. So let's just do a quick review. The first thing that we talked about last week was death for life. We deserve death, but he exchanged us life and life eternal. Jesus even said he, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Oh, come on, church. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. That's right. And so let your face know Jesus did something for you. You know, <laughs> don't look like walking death. I mean, you know, we don't, need, we don't need a bunch of walking dead around here. We need the life of Jesus on our face. We've been made alive. We're going to Ephesians chapter 2, but as you're turning there, you know, our sin 
whether you're a good person or not, you still have sin. <laughs> Boy, I could repeat that and do a whole message on that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I got saved at five, so you could say, oh, well, you did nothing wrong. Well, no, my sin is just as bad as anybody else's sin. And my sin deserves death just as much as anybody else's sin. But my sin deserves death. But instead, because of the cross, I get life. Because I have accepted what he's done on the cross. So in Ephesians 2, verse 1, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. <laughs> it went on to just say it wasn't a little. There's many. <laughs> I'm going to go then to verse 4. But God. I love in the Bible when it says, but God, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. You know, that, that word, but really is an incredible thing because you know, have you ever had conversations with people? Oh, we appreciate this and that and the other thing, but. And so I'm no English major, but I understand that when people use but in that kind of a context, you just erase everything in front of that of what they just said because there's a new piece coming. <laughs> and so all the compliments you just got mean nothing because you just put a butt right there. And so what Jesus is saying here is you were dead, you're full of sin, and you're wretched people, but. So you just erase all that out of the way. God jumped in. So That's good. So good. Okay, the second great exchange, sickness for health. Matthew 8, 17, this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Diseases. <laughs> diseases, diseases. All of it. That includes everything from a headache to the big C word. You're, you following me? Diseases. <laughs> Number three, resurrection for acceptance. Or rejection. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Had a little dyslexic moment. Rejection for acceptance. You know, we were rejected because of just being human. But we, Jesus. We can constantly have those feelings of rejection because we're human. Not only It's not only a spiritual thing. It's is. Yeah. Living life on the planet thing. It's living life We've here. Am I right? I don't think there's rejection. probably one word in the, uh, one person in this room or watching online who has not felt rejection. I mean, it's, it's life. But, but. Yes. But Ephesians 1, 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us. Everybody say made us. Made. Us. accepted in the beloved. He made you accepted. You are accepted. Isn't that a wonderful thing to hear? You know, as we're looking this week towards Good Friday when Jesus was on the cross, you know, one time it just I heard somebody just like, Jesus doesn't understand what it's like to be rejected. But when he was on the cross, he was completely rejected. Not only rejected, he was humiliated. 
He was stripped naked in front of the whole world, exposed and, I mean, very vulnerable in every way. And he did that so that you and I would know you're accepted. You and I have been accepted. He took that rejection for us. So powerful. Everybody say, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Okay, number four, the next great exchange. Poverty for prosperity. Okay, here we go. Second Corinthians 8, 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Thank you, Lord. You ought to be doing a happy dance. Seriously. I mean, we, we did more scriptures last week, but... You know, I, I, I mean, they're just, they're, they're bubbling up in me. I mean, there's seedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything you could ask or you could think. That's the kind of God that you serve who wants you blessed beyond blessed, who wants you blessed to be a blessing. I mean, they, the scriptures are like endless. That's what he did on the cross. Poverty for prosperity. You know, we just need to do a prosperity preaching because even in his names, he's the God of El Shaddai. He's the God Jehovah who Jireh, provides. Jehovah our provider. He, he's the God who gives you the power to get wealth. And some, sometimes these are the things that we forget as Christians that we don't realize that he exchanged poverty so that we could be rich. And if we don't hear these things, we can't develop the faith. Because how does faith come? Faith by comes hearing. by hearing. Well, if we don't hear certain things, we can't develop the faith to gravitate into some of these exchanges that were, that were provided for us at the cross. So take a hold of some of these things that we're saying. And, you know, and if you're dealing with lack, Jesus came. I mean, the first message, Jesus came. supply all came. your needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah. Matthew 4, Jesus uh, went into the temple, and he opened up to Isaiah, and he said that the gospel would be preached to the poor, and this day this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. Well, why would you need the gospel preached to the poor? So they will be poor no, no more. more. Amen. So we serve a good, good God. So, so much more to say I just, on all I just, these points. I just got one more. Psalms... Psalms. The famous psalm, the Lord is, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, because I've heard so many people say, well, he won't, he won't help you with your wants. I'm sorry. Did, did you not read that? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You don't have to be constantly wanting. Your heavenly father loves you enough that he cares about your wants and your desires. Do you know he knows your desires? Talk to him about your desires. I'm not talking about that, that you're not going to be blessed to be a blessing. Come on. You, that we do know the scripture of the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he doesn't want you in need or in want because he wants you so blessed that you are able to be exceedingly abundantly blessed to other people also. Because you, you have been given the nature of of God if you are in Christ. And the nature of God is a giving God. And just like what Pastor Michael said earlier, that you would have some leftover to be generous. 
That's the kind of God. And he made you in his image. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he wants you to take on that characteristic of himself. It's good things. Okay. You ready for number five? Moving on to some new territory, baby. Here we go. Number five, defeat for victory. Okay. How many competitive people do I have in the room? I would raise both hands, but I got a mic and one. (laughs) I learned I have to lose to have a happy home. Then it's no fun. Yeah, that is not true. I know you don't purposely lose. I know that. He's a quiet competitive. You're competitive, too. But yeah. we like to win. Some of us more than others. <laughs> but, the, but winning is a good thing. But do you know that Jesus likes to win, too? Yes. He took defeat for victory. Here we go, Romans. I think it's just one of your slogans. I will not be defeated, period. <laughs> it just, it's just how she rolls. Okay, I'll accept that. That is how I roll. Because you're like your father, right? Exactly. That's I got his right. DNA. Okay, Romans 8:37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I love that word overwhelming. Overwhelming victory is yours. That's some kind of victory. That's right. That's something to get excited about. Overwhelming victory. Not just, we won. Like, you're like, wow. Have you ever won something that you were actually kind of shocked you won? (laughs) Am I the only one? Like, you're kind of like, did I really just win that? Did I really do that? Uh You're overwhelmed. Like, you know why it's overwhelming? Because we don't even deserve this. We don't deserve it, but God gave it anyway. You know, you need to realize we're preaching out of God's Word, not our emotions or our feelings or our goodwill or our philosophy. This is God's Word. And who is God's Word written to? Us. You. And the title that, of the book that it was written is Romans. And Romans aren't Jews. Romans are Gentiles. And so that includes you and me. And so when he's telling him, and in the context of it, is God so loves you, there's nothing in this world that can separate you from the love of God. And oh, by the way, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. So just kind of take that word ours out and just put mine and I'm not harming the integrity of the Scripture by doing that because you're owning this. What do you feel defeat in in your life? What's going on in you and in your world where you just don't seem like you're getting the victory? You take three steps forward, but you slide two back or however that works. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It just seems like... I just can't get traction in this area of my life. I just feel like I'm, ugh. Okay, let's, let's go there. Um, when we're talking about victory, we're talking about victory over the promises of God. We are not talking about your own agenda. 
because some people get those confused. Your own agenda, it might be that it's God's agenda too. But we're talking about there are promises in the word of God that you can and should be having victory in. When it's just things outside of the word of God, that's okay. God is in those too. But sometimes, and this is, um, God gave me a message this week for Mother's Day, and it's not your typical Mother's Day message. In fact, the title of it is, When God Says No. Now, in the faith movement, we don't like to even hear that phrase. In the faith movement, all we want to talk about is victory. But there are times when God says no, and it is for your benefit because he sees the big picture. I'm not talking about things that are already in the word of God, okay? I'm talking about things that we want. And God is saying, no, that's not for you. And we don't like to hear that. But God was just, I mean, I was having my alone time with God, and then all of a sudden it went into a whole, God started showing me stuff. And I'm like, wow. So Mother's Day, we're going to talk about when God says no. What do we do with that? But here, we're talking about when there is promises in the word of God that come to us with overwhelming victory because of the great exchange. Wow. Let's go one more scripture. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, but thank God. Thank God. I mean, you know, that's a good place just to begin everything. You know, when you go to prayer, just thank God before you just start doing anything else. Just thank him. But thank God. He gives us victory. Victory. Over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to give us victory. Do you want victory? You know, sometimes we like our sin. <laughs> we like our dysfunction. You know, and I think sometimes we don't get excited because we don't understand. You know, I just, I just laid out that it's not our agenda, it's what's in here. But I, I, a couple of you went quiet Okay, a lot of you went quiet, and here's why, because you're starting to think, well, what is in here? You've got to know what's in your Bible that is actually yours. And then you can have victory in those areas. When you start reading the Word of God and you start seeing the promises of God, then you're like, oh, so I can have overwhelming victory in that area. Yes, yes, yes. So that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, we can go back to some of those other uh, one through fours, poverty. Is it God's victory for you to be in defeat or in victory right. in poverty? Right. Is this God's, uh, does he want you to have victory in feeling acceptance? Yes. Does God want you to have victory in your over, over your health? Does yes. God want you victory? I mean, come on. Victory over sin. How about bad habits? See, there are so many promises that you can get out of here, and the Word of God has said you can have the victory because of Jesus Christ. So good. So, we'll just continue on with what we did last week, just kind of a spontaneous thing that we just dropped in our heart while we were preaching, but 
uh, are you dealing in some area, I saw some hands earlier that, you know, you just feel like you just can't get traction and the victory, uh, you just can't get to that overcoming place in your life. Do you see that in your mind where that issue is? Man, let's just give it to God right now. And let's just lay, cl- we, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, but it also involves practicing the word of God because faith without works is dead. So let's put some practice into this. If there's area in your life, I just want you to raise that you need victory in. Just raise your hand. You need victory. Man, let's take this to God right now. God's you promising you victory. What do you need victory in your life for? You got it? He says he wants to lead you in a continual parade of triumphant, being victorious. Father God, we just come to you right now in the middle of this message because faith has risen up in this place that we are not going to accept defeat in these areas of our life. You've promised us victory. You've not only promised us victory, you've promised us overwhelming victory. Oh, Father, I just have a mental image of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It looked bad being thrown in the fiery furnace. But when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. So, Father, I thank you. Some of these people are right now in battles. They're in the trenches. And, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that they will have overwhelming victory when they come out of this they will, it'll be like they never even went into battle for this. You will restore, you will, you'll bring victory. What was taken will be replaced sevenfold. You said with the enemy steals, they got to replace seven times what was taken. So, Father, we thank you for overwhelming victory. Not just conquering, but more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Jesus' name. How many are going to get some victory this week? All right. Number six. What is the next great exchange? Bondage for freedom. All right. Galatians 5.1 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. Okay. <laughs> How many are, since January, you've been doing, you've been tracking, maybe you're behind, but you're still tracking with reading through the Bible in a year, okay? Many of us are doing that, and if you're interested, we have bookmarkers uh, at the info booth for that. So here, here's what I love about the reading plan that we've provided is it's not just Old Testament, but there's New Testament too, because as you're reading through the Old Testament, there's a lot of law. There's a lot of do's. There's a lot of don'ts. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> and if, if you only read the Old Testament and you're not reading the New Testament where Jesus has done the great exchange, hallelujah, that's where we live. If you're only reading the Old Testament, you can get bogged down in all the do's and don'ts. Thank God that Jesus fulfilled the law. Because they were failing at fulfilling the law themselves. The law revealed that man is human and man doesn't do a very good job. I mean, you, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been reading through the Bible for years and I'd I'd always get to parts and I'd just be like, you are so stupid. 
You're doing it again? Really? I mean, am I the only one that reads it that way? I'm just like, no, not again. You know, and you, then when you get to the kings, you know, we're not, there, I don't, we're not there yet in the reading plan. But when you get to the kings and you got a good king and they serve the Lord and blah, 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 blah. And then the next king forgot the ways of God. And you're just like, how do you forget? Come on. And then I look at my world and I go, huh, history really does repeat itself. Serve God, don't serve God, serve God. Oh, we're in trouble again. Oh, God, help us. Boom, we're serving God. Oh, we're comfortable. Boom, we're not serving God. I mean, you, you read the Bible. They were doing it back then, too. And here we are still doing it today. I mean, you're, it was funny. We were having a discussion in our home about some of the things we see, I mean, I have lived long enough. I haven't lived too long, <laughs> but I've lived long enough to see a history repeat itself in a few things. Like, didn't we learn that like 30 years ago? Seriously? We're doing that again? Our world is really that stupid that we've already forgotten where that led? You know, have you, have you done that? Well, and, the, and you read the Bible and it's the same thing. So... But when we're trying to get exchange in the great exchange of what Jesus has done, there's a lot of bondage in our world. There's a lot of people not only in other countries in bondage, there's a lot of people in bondage here in America. There's so much a bondage to addiction. There's so much bondage to prescription drugs. You know what the statistics are? Most Americans, it's, it's more Americans are on some form of a prescription than not. That is the real world we live in. I'm not against prescription drugs, but I am saying there's, there's yeah, there's some addiction. There's some abuse. There's a lot of bondage. There are people who, can't, who want off of them and they don't even know how to get off of them. And the bondage can, here's, here's there's, there's freedom in Jesus Christ. Now, I'll be real nitty-gritty here with you because I have loved ones who've had great addictions. And not just prescription drugs, but all kinds of things, whether it's alcohol or whatever. And I've seen freedom in a lot of my relatives. And I'm not saying that that journey is always an easy journey, even though we know we have it in, in the Bible. I cannot explain to you why some people, Jesus sets them free, and in 24 hours, they are free. And other people have to walk it out, and they, you know, some people, when they're coming off of certain drugs, there are repercussions. There are, your body reacts and I've known other relatives who've had to go to treatment centers to help them get off of whatever they're trying to get freedom from. Can I explain why one person comes down front, gets their hands laid on them, and boom, they're free, and the next person is in agony for months getting freedom, but they did get freedom? I can't explain why one is instant and one is not, but what I do know is they decided to believe the Bible. And they went, you know what? I need freedom. I'm in bondage to all this. I know some of your stories, and I know some of you are free at last. 
You were in bondage, and you decided to believe God's word. You decided to believe in the great exchange and said, you know what? I'm done with this bondage. I need freedom. I'm not talking just prescription drugs. I'm talking freedom in all areas of addiction. Pornography, freedom is available to you. The great exchange from that. There is freedom. Now, you might be healed overnight or you may have to set up parameters for yourself in that freedom. You may have to have accountability partners in that arena. But there is freedom available for you. You don't have to live in that bondage. You know, I, I just, I'm in wow of just you going there and uh, just getting in literally into some nitty-gritty stuff that touched a lot of us. Um, the anointing of God's on you to pray for people. I, I think people can get freedom. And if you just lead us in prayer to be delivered and bondages to go, Jesus paid a high price. This wasn't just some coins out of his pocket. This was his body was abused, blood was shed, he was humiliated. Not so we could be kind of free, but we could be totally free. Okay, so I want you to stand up. Yep, we're in the middle of our message. We're going to stand up. I want you to close your eyes, and if you need freedom in any area of your life, you're in bondage. Raise your hands towards heaven. Father, I thank you for people all over this room in this auditorium who are believing for freedom freedom from things and God I ask in the name of Jesus that you would help them father I thank you that you purchase precious blood in the great exchange for our freedom and we declare it today Father, whether they're going to have to walk it out or whether it's going to be instantaneous from the time they leave this building, whether you're watching online, reach your hands right now to whatever device you are watching and believe for freedom from that bondage because Jesus paid a price for it. It is yours. It is time for you to stir up your faith to believe God. So, Father, we stir up our faith as people of God and we say yes to the great exchange yes to this freedom freedoms are happening in the name of jesus right now oh i thank you for your precious blood that was shed for us for us and we thank you in advance we're gonna believe you we're gonna trust you come on see i trust you i trust you oh father we give you thanks in jesus name you can be seated Okay, Woo. number seven. Number seven. What is the next? But this isn't exchange? just the last. This is just the last on our list. Woo! Punishment for peace. Punishment that we deserve for peace of God. How many That's like right. peace? Oh, okay. Let's read some scriptures. Isaiah fifty-three five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, punishment of our peace was upon him. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Thank you. For our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Transgressions and... Yeah. My mom showed me this scripture in detail several years ago and uh, really 
spoke to me, and I, I wanted to speak to you as well. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. The wounds are outside, the things that happen on the outside, the, the things, the diseases or sicknesses and things that come on, on from outside germs and, you know, broken bones and, you know, getting scraped up. Uh, and, that, and then it says, he was bruised for our iniquities. And bruises are where Jesus shed blood on the inside. And there's a lot of wounds that happen to us on the inside. There's mental things. There's emotional things. There's things that people have spoken over us that have wounded us, have broken our heart. And uh, we're hurt on the inside, but nobody sees that. Jesus, and a lot of times the, the lack of peace in our life happens because of things that have been spoken to us. Things they, that hurt They're right us. here. We can't get peace in our mind because our mind won't shut off because of either stress or anxiety over things said to us. And then it just finishes out, by his stripes, we are healed. Um, we skip the, I skipped the piece. But I was just getting to that place where we are healed. We even, uh, several years ago, had somebody that was... Um, in the Vietnam War that couldn't get peace at night because of PTSD. You know, seeing images and reliving things uh, that, of his experience in Vietnam. And uh, he grabbed a hold of this, and it began to change. So he could, he could, since he got back from Vietnam all these years, he was not able to have peace at night. But he laid faith in God that he could sleep through the night. His wife was there crying, t testifying. You know, he, he wakes up, and uh, she doesn't know what to do. And so they just called on the name of Jesus. So this scripture became real to them because of PTSD, and they held on to this. Jesus, by your stripes, and the wounds I've received in my mind and in my emotions, I'm healed. PTSD go. And you know what? It did. See, when you work the Word, the Word starts working for you. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Romans 5, 1, therefore, since we have been made right, there's that made right again. We have been made this way. We have been made right in God's sight. How? By faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Okay, now we're going to pray <laughs> for peace. And peace really is we're going to pray over minds. Because many of us have battles right here that we are dealing with stuff. And we can't get this to sometimes shut off. Or we can't get past anxiety or PTSD or things that have happened to us, spoken over us. I mean, the list goes on. Some of us are living in chaos. God doesn't want you living in chaos. If your home's chaos, then it's time to change the home. If your home is a fighting match and a screaming match... It's time to change the home. It is time to do the great exchange. 
If you need to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in your home to make your home a peaceful place, then it's time to do that. But it starts here. It starts with the great exchange in your mind, choosing peace here. I, we have a daughter who's a, a professional counselor, a therapist. She deals all day with people right here. People, do you know that even, and she's out of state, but in every state there's a waiting list for therapists? Therapists are in such demand because people don't have any peace. They are dealing with so much. They can, they ha, they're just, the waiting list is huge. I, I know that even here in Washington State. You're going to probably wait a couple months before you can see a counselor. Because people are just like so heavy right here. I want you to stand up again. Is this good or what? There's no waiting list with Jesus. Woo, we can get it today. We can have the great physician go to work on us. And he exchanged punishment so we could have peace so powerful. Man, I'm just like, whew, I don't know. Maybe we have to share this prayer because uh, you got some passion with it too. If, you got, if you're dealing with just, there's just some stuff going on in your mind and emotions and you just can't get a hold of peace, this is exactly why Jesus went to the cross. On Palm Sunday, he had you in mind and he's thinking, I don't want them in mental turmoil anymore. I don't want them dealing with stuff that, keeps their peace, I'm willing to go to the cross and exchange their chaos and their PTSD so they can have peace. I don't know if you want that or not, but I think it's a good deal. Let's reach out and grab this. So if that's you, man, let's not be so prideful and let's just say, Lord, I'm dealing with some not peaceful things. I'd like the band to join me behind us, please. And Come I want an exchange platform. for your peace starting today. Would you just raise your hand? Let's deal with some stuff. <sighs> Heavenly Father, you see the hands raised in this place. You paid a high price for us to not live in turmoil, not live in mental anguish and PTSDs and, and just chaos and just mental frustration and emotional hurts. So, Father, we just lay a hold of the Scriptures that said you gave us peace. Your peace even surpasses what we can understand or know. It's supernatural peace. While everyone else is waiting in line to get a counselor to hopefully find peace, we're going to come to the Prince of Peace right now and say, Lord, here's my chaos, and I'm just going to exchange it at this counter for your peace. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for taking our mess. You know, Jesus. we're going to take care of something else right now, and that is those that need to get right with Jesus. You need to make him Lord of your life. 
you're hearing all these benefits, you're hearing all these great exchanges, you're wanting them all, but you know in your heart you need to accept him first as number one. He's not in charge. He's not Lord. He's not Savior. The relationship with him is not a daily thing, but today you want to make it a daily thing. I need to see your hands all over this room. Today is your day of salvation. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Those watching online, today's your day to get it right. Get it right. Would you repeat this prayer after me? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. Father. Father. For what you've done. For what you've done. For me. For me. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. You have done the cross. You've done the cross. You've taken care of. You've taken care my of sin, my sin. Where I've missed the mark. Where I've missed the mark. And today. And today. I accept you. I accept you. As Lord. As Lord. And Savior. And Savior. Number one. Number one. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. Today. Today. I'm forgiven. I am forgiven. Today. Today. I'm a new creation. I am a new in creation. In Christ. In Christ. The old has passed away. The old has passed away. All has become new. All has become new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.